Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome back to The Ralph Report. It is Wednesday, April 8th. We got a brand new show for you. So happy you decided to join us. So glad you can join us because you're bathed in the blood of Shizmu. All hell, Shizmu. It is right to give him thanks and praise. <laughs> I am your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman, sitting here in the Batcave with me, a respectful, socially distant distance yes. away. He is the vice host himself, Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo-ho, Eddie. Yo-ho. Got a jam-packed show today. We got to get right to it because we are wall-to-wall. Busting at the gills? We are literally, our gills <laughs> are busting. It's going to be a nuts show today. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Because not only is it Wednesday, which means we take a look at one of the great one-hit wonders of all time and those artists who were had their souls crushed after they couldn't get another hit. Mm-hmm. But we've got all your entertainment news. We've got your phone calls. And we've got an interview with a member of the Garmy named Hillary who is doing some remarkable work in her home state of West Virginia. Okay. And the reason I wanted to talk to her, because we've been talking about heroes for some time now, people working during this pandemic, this COVID-19 nightmare we're all living through, and uh, the people who are making a difference, and she absolutely is. And I'll get more into it when we uh, talk to her. But she and a group of other volunteers are at home making masks not just cloth masks for people to walk around in, but actual masks with filters for healthcare oh, professionals really? and first responders. And these are the real deal, Neil. Oh, wow. And she's cranking them out as as a nonprofit charity and getting them to hospitals and nursing homes and children's hospitals and people wow. who need them That's amazing. in the state of West Virginia. So it, I was so blown away by the level of commitment her and her friends and they're all some of the medical professionals, they're uh, college professors. These are smart people. Yeah. And they've just taken it upon themselves to get to work because they think that, you know, the powers that be aren't distributing enough equipment quickly no, enough. they're not. And, and, they they're la- not. and they lag for 70 or 80 days. So why the people have to pick it up? Regular people doing yeah. what they're doing. And it's remarkable. So we'll talk to Hillary a little bit later in the show. But uh, all that and much, much more. But let's get right to it. I want to kick things off by saying um, perhaps a little too soon during yesterday's show that I would never need this audio drop again. Ralph is wrong. Yeah. Turns <laughs> I can't out, believe you didn't erase it. That's well, amazing. I was about to. And then I got a deluge, <laughs> if you will, of um, phone messages and emails and tweets. <laughs> and uh, people were skywriting over my home. I was getting carrier pigeons, smoke signals. <laughs> I got every form of communication you could that let me know perhaps during yesterday's show, I may have been less than <gasps> right. What? I'm like, Fonzie, I can't say. <laughs> Just not I quite was, right. I was less than right. 
And uh, just so big of you to admit. Just a recap. We were talking about Rick James, the late great R and B artist Rick James, mm -hmm. the only man who loved cocaine perhaps even more than I did back in the day. He uh, had a smash hit song called Super Freak. Yes. And I said that I wanted that to be on my uh, dating app in yeah. terms of what kind of person are you looking for. I yeah. said, I'm just going to put a link to Super Freak because that's what I'm looking for. Right. As a newly single guy, soon to be, that's what I'm looking for. And we were talking about the song. And I mentioned there was one part of the song that I never quite understood what made it so kinky for this girl to be providing this in her hotel room. And I'm going to play that clip for you now, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. Three's not a problem, but she says it's hard. Room 714, I'll be waiting. When I get there, she's got incense, wine, and candles. It's such a freaky scene. And I could never understand what was such a freaky scene about intertwining candles. Just because they had candles that wrapped around each other, how is that so freaky? How is that so sexy? Right. Intertwining candles doesn't necessarily sound like a sexy thing to me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> guess what? It turns out... Ralph is wrong. Yeah. Turns out the lyrics, That's thanks the lyrics. to uh, Shauna Joy, and <laughs> I could just go on listing <laughs> listing names for the remainder of this, this podcast, and I won't. It turns out the lyric from Super Freak, I thought this my entire life until yesterday the lyrics aren't intertwining candles at all right the lyrics are she's not a three's not a crowd to her she said room 714 i'll be waiting when i get there she's got incense wine and candles it's such a freaky scene <laughs> incense wine and candles not intertwining candles at all but in my defense listen just listen to that chunk Intertwining candles, right? Yeah, well, now that I know what it is, it sounds like incense, wine, and candles. Yes, yes. but it's not—it's not well articulated. No, it's not. In my defense, we all have those lyrics we mess Rick up. Rick James, I don't believe, was pronouncing those words separately clearly enough. For... Well, he had to say them really fast. <laughs> when I get this, she's got incense, wine, and candles. Intertwining candles. Incense, wine, and candles. They're intertwining candles. Incense, wine, and candles. Turns out she's got incense, <laughs> wine, and candles at the ready. She doesn't have intertwining candles there in the hotel. I mean, that's not as bad as my Aretha Franklin's man or a woman. <laughs> that's true. You make me feel like a man or a woman. <laughs> but that's you know. even harder to explain away than intertwining candles. In my mind, I always envisioned three or four candlesticks just all wrapped around that each were other? sort of warped and melted wrapped oh, around each other perhaps to kind of sexual signify the intertwining of bodies in some way <laughs> and then everyone oh, had to let me know i'm glad i'm here for this moment i was less than right <laughs> ralph is wrong incense wine incense, and wine candles and my whole life oh. never knew what those lyrics were so does it make the song less or more for you now now that you know that. It makes more sense to me. Yes. But it, somehow it's not quite as it's sensual as the bit. idea of intertwining candles. Anything intertwined when it comes to sexy it's very times. Very freaky. Kind of freaky, yeah. right? But I just said, he walks in the room and he sees candles all twisted up together. <laughs> exactly. How is that sexy? When I get there, she's got intertwining candles. Intertwining candles.
intertwining. Incense wine candles. I don't even know if intertwining is a word now that I keep saying it. But <laughs> incense, wine, and candles. Message received, Garmy. Loud uh, and clear. Thank you, Garmy. Your uh, your uh, beloved leader has, in fact, been... Not right. Less, less than, than right. Less than correct. <laughs> Whatever that might be. All right, let's get right into it. You know, uh, like everyone else, we're talking about the coronavirus here as well. What we try to do on this show is perhaps talk about some stories that you haven't heard, take a different angle on the whole thing. In a segment we call, and I got to give a shout out to Mo now because we're going to yeah, play yeah, the uh, play the uh, the jingle. By the way, I said Mo was from West Virginia yeah. yesterday. She's from South Carolina. Oh, yeah, that's right. She's never been to Myrtle Beach. Right, she's in South Carolina. exactly. Right. So I'm just... You're just... I'm less than you're right. so less than right. A so lot lately. Ralph is wrong. So she is uh, Mo from South Carolina. Her dog gets nuts every time we play the intro to a segment we call Guess What, Bitch? Coronavirus. Guess what, bitch? Here's the thing about the coronavirus mm-hmm. and entertainers particularly. I think there's a little bit of desperation to try to maintain some relevancy in the face of all this. Yeah. Because a lot of people can't perform. There's no audiences. Uh-huh. Movies are being pushed back. TV shows are being pulled. How do you still get out there and find your audience? Right. Some people, I think, are taking advantage. There are people who are doing the right thing and trying to entertain. Mm-hmm. And I think some people are taking advantage. Like what? I believe that Picotaro may be one of those. Who's Picotaro? You remember Picotaro. Picotaro? Picotaro was a monster success in 2016 when he had what ended up being the, the, the shortest number one song ever. A 45-second song that was a viral sensation called Pen Pineapple oh, Apple yeah. Pen. Okay. You remember Pico Taro? Yes, yes. Here's a little reminder in case you don't remember him. What do you got? I have a pen. All right. I have an apple. All right. Well, when we put them together. Um, apple pen. Apple pen. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And then he goes on. He's got yes. a his pen. He's got a pineapple. Yes. He's got a pineapple pen. Yes. And then when you put them all together, he's got pen pineapple. Apple yes. Pen. You famously do these in different voices on Babylon. That was a running yes. joke on Babylon yes. for a long time. 2016, he was an internet <laughs> sensation with pen pineapple right. apple okay. pen. Okay. Well, Pico Taro is back. Really? Yes, in a big way. But he's here to help us now. Oh, okay. He's going to teach us how to wash our hands, Eddie Pence, because, you know, it's an important part very big. of the uh, hygiene ritual that's going to keep us all from getting the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So in its entirety, I'm going to play for you the Pico Taro. <laughs> he's back is four it, years is it, later. Is this longer or shorter than Pen- Pineapple it's Pen? It's about twice as long <laughs> than the original hit because, you know, he's got, you know, he's got to show up with something special. <laughs> A completely different sound for Pico Taro. You won't even recognize okay. it's him when you hear this song. It's called uh, PPAP 2020. Mm. PPAP. I have a handle. I have a soap. Wash, 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 wash,
wash 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 wash
because they're Scandinavian. Mm. So they can scan the Navy in. Gotcha. Oh, I got it. Scandinavian. Got it. I don't think you got it. I got it. I don't think you did. I got it. Also, yesterday I told you the trials and tribulations of my kitchen appliances. Yeah. How, toaster. The how big toaster. marriage made me uh, sacrifice a toaster yes. and a coffee maker. Yeah, you had to pan fry toast for years. I had to pan fry my toast. <laughs> Put it on a Teflon pan, turn up the heat, it would get a little brown, you flip it over. An hour and a half later, you had a piece of toast. Well, uh, uh, Michael called and he seemed to think that there was a missed opportunity there during my marriage. Hey, Ralph. Good morning. Uh, Michael from uh, Whittier, California, longtime fan of you. Uh, anyways, uh, funny uh, comments this morning in regards to the toaster mm-hmm. uh, that uh, Carrie wouldn't let you have in the house. Right. Just strange to me. I mean, my wife felt the same way. Uh, you know, toaster would clutter the, uh, uh, the countertop. So guess what? We have a toaster mm-hmm. and it's in a cupboard right below the countertop. Oh, so you're one of those. when I want to make my toast... I open the cupboard mm-hmm. and we plug it in. Yeah. Uh, she likes toast too. You know, we make our toast. Uh-huh. We love toast with pancakes, uh-huh. by the way. That's the best. Uh-huh. Uh, but you plug it in, you make your toast. I got it. You put it back in the cupboard. All right. Out of sight. Okay. It's amazing. God, that is amazing compromise okay. there. Okay. Have a good day. Yeah. Bye bye. Look, I sense a little sarcasm in your tone, Michael. A little, bit. a little bit. And let me tell you something. I'm not a big fan of the appliances in the, in the cupboards, bringing them out when you need them, putting them back again. <laughs> That's not the way the world works. No, they should be there. Countertops are made to hold stuff that you use all the right. time. You put the appliances on the countertop, right. and then it's there. When you, you don't have to plan your day out when you're going to make a piece of toast. Like, all right, I'm, it's time to go in there. Oh, where? Then you got to let it cool off before you put it away. Did they move it somewhere? Where's the which which cupboard is the toaster in? This, no, this, just you put the toaster on the countertop. That's this all. whole anti-toaster thing is new to me. I oh, didn't know this was people, a thing. A lot of people apparently. I never knew this was a thing. A lot of people, I think, uh, a lot of women especially like a, a clean, really? uncluttered countertop with nothing on but it. There's no, there's like. There's nothing on the countertop at all. I don't understand it either, Eddie. Don't, don't look at me for answers. a microwave, a toaster oven, a toaster, a, a blender. blender. I want an right? ice crusher. I want a, a big block of knives. I want everything yeah, at a my big, disposal. A big jar full of like wooden spoons. Everything. And everything within meat arm's tenderizers. Reach. Yes. In a moment's notice, I can just reach out and grab whatever I I've want. I've never heard of this before. I want it to be like a lunar capsule. <laughs> I want all the controls there at my fingertips. Ergonomically designed so that I can... Can grab whatever I need whenever I need. That's it. shocking. This whole thing's shocking. So me. I don't like your tone, Michael. No, I'm not putting the toaster underneath and bring it out. Stay in there. Not the new in there. Garmin bachelor pad. Nah, the bachelor pad's going to have all Toaster's kinds of front toys. And center on the island. I might buy some things I don't even need. <laughs> I did get a uh, coffee bean grinder though. That's it, did. sitting next to the coffee maker. Somebody's not happy. What are you going to do? <laughs> Yesterday, we also talked about this lady. She's in Ohio. She's coming home from church, and a, a reporter asked her yes. as she was driving past him, hey, what's up with all those people jammed into that church together? Mm-hmm. Doesn't that seem like a bad idea? Yeah. This was her response. Aren't you concerned you could infect other people if you get sick inside? No. People that don't go to this no. church. No. I'm covered in Jesus' blood. Yeah. I'm covered in Jesus' well, blood. There are other people who don't go to this church who you might encounter. All of these people go to this church. No, but you're going to be in places where other people I go are. to the grocery store every day. I'm in Walmart, what? Home Depot, all of those people. But you people. could get them sick from what happens. They the could church. get me sick, but they're not because I'm covered in his blood. Thank you very much. Ugh. So Ugh. some people took offense to our conversation yesterday, saying we sounded a little anti-religious hmm. about the position that we took. Yeah. And here's my thing. <laughs> 
I believe in freedom of religion. It's one of the great founding tenets of this nation, yes, right? Yes. Which means you can do your religious thing, whatever comforts you over there. Mm -hmm. But it's like every other right we have, right? My, my right to throw a punch ends where it hits your face. Yes. The minute you're inflicting harm on someone else, that's when I start to have a problem. Yeah. Freedom of religion also means freedom to not believe in something right. if you don't want to, right? right? And I thought that that was clear. But some people made it sound like I was a bit of a religious bigot yesterday when I was speaking. I, I We both have our opinions on religion. But, like, if it's affecting other people's well-being, then you have to speak out on it. So I got to tell you how happy I was to get a call from Pastor Drew from down there in uh, San Diego. Yes. And this call made my day because here's a man of God who also understands that science is a thing, mm. too, right? Yes. Hi, Ralph, Drew, and San Diego, two-star general. I'm listening to Tuesday's show, and I got to tell you, I I really appreciate you and Eddie uh, sharing the video clip about the church ignoring social distancing laws. And I want you and Eddie to know not every church is ignorant and stupid like that one. I'm, I'm a pastor at a church in Oceanside, and we have been social distancing since early March. And I, I got to tell you, there's other ways to have church other than meeting together. I've been producing videos. I've been uh, doing uh, like Skype meetings and everything. And anybody that doesn't appreciate science doesn't appreciate the health of the people they say they're caring for. So I, I wanted to call in and vent in favor of you and Eddie as a pastor because uh, these people that go to church and say that Jesus will take care of them, they're not respecting what Jesus told us to do most, which is to care for the greater good of the greater world. So I, I just appreciate you guys. Thank you for that. And I want you guys to know uh, even there's some pastors, Garmy Strong, that are social distancing, but still with distance, sharing love with people. So thank you for the way you guys share love. Uh, Garmy Strong. Bye-bye. Pastor Drew. Wow. Right? Nice. That's a pastor I could listen to, I think. Religion and science can yeah. coexist. They can. Just with a little common sense. Yeah. Science rules. So does uh, Pastor Drew. Thanks for calling in, Pastor. Uh, I also got some advice from the Garmy regarding what I am watching here at home during the quarantine. Mm -hmm. Not everyone is down with my choices. Oh, really? You know, I'm, uh, I've been uh, ranting about how much I'm loving The Good Place. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that, I remember. Sh that should not have been higher up on my queue than some <laughs> other options. fans of that? Well, they're fine, but uh, they have other <laughs> suggestions. Ralph, you're watching The Fucking Good Place, but you haven't watched The Mandalorian. All right. Uh, what, what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing, dude? Uh, yeah. What are you doing? Come uh, get it together. Yeah, I agree. Get yeah, Disney Plus. Yes. Watch some Mando. You have no oh, idea, man. Yeah. Come on. Mm -hmm. mm. Killing me. No. Killing me too. No, you almost had me until you called it the Mando. Now I'm even less likely He's to watch Mando. it. He's called Mando. That's yeah. his nickname. Why aren't you watching the Mando? Mando. Yeah. That's not no, no it's not okay. No, you go back to Ted Danson and, yes. and then Frozen Girl. Yes. Yeah. Frozen Girl. That's whatever. her name. I mean, Kristen Bell, whatever. Listen, I am not eager to pony up for another streaming service. It's three ninety nine. Oh, is it? Yes. A month. Oh, it's not so bad. No, yeah. it's very cheap. And you have a daughter who would love most of that Disney stuff. I suppose. Come oh. on. 
I don't want, I don't want to watch anything people are calling the Mando. Oh my god. It's so good. Call it by its name. It's, it's the, the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. It's so good. All right. Maybe I'll look Come on. It's it. the best Star Wars content that's come out in years. We're going to be here a while. Okay. I think I got time to, to check out the Mando. <laughs> <laughs> come on. And uh, lastly, you folks are the best. I love when you call up and volunteer how dumb you were, like I did earlier today. <laughs> I am one of you now. I am so dumb. You are so dumb. Welcome. You are really dumb. For real. Yeah. Michael, a different Michael, called in, and he, too, apparently was uh, a touch confused when it came to something in the world, and he, too, learned late in life that it wasn't what he thought. Hey, Ralph. Hey, Eddie. This is Michael, two-star general, Austin, Texas. Thank you. Thank you, first and foremost, for everything that you're doing in these uh, trying times. I think I got a pretty good, you are so dumb for real story. And I figured I'd share. My wife and I were talking about finances in these dark times and, and how, how we're going to make ends meet. And for quite a long time, up until a embarrassingly old age, I thought that referred to a type of meat. As in, <laughs> we don't have much left. Right. We're going to have to use the end meat. Oh, no. Maybe the ends the, of the, the meat. Going to eat the end okay. meat. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll see myself out. Yeah, <laughs> he thought it was the ass meat. <laughs> Things are so bad. Oh, no, we got to eat the end of the meat. How are we going to make ends meet? <laughs> we got to eat the pig ass. That's all we got left. He didn't realize it was making the ends meet, as if you had a piece of rope and you were trying to make a circle oh and you make God. the ends meet. Gotta... He thought it was an actual cut. <laughs> the end of the meat. The ends meet. I don't want to eat that. I I want, I'll eat the eat middle's that. meat. But I'm not an animal. I don't want to eat the end's meat. You are so dumb. Yeah, you God. are really dumb. Oh. For real. Yeah, That's sure. glorious. Thank you to everyone who called it and left your messages. You, too, can be featured on this segment. But first, you know what you got to do. You got to call me. Alrighty, now it's time to take a look at the rearview mirror and find out what happened on April 8th, this day in history. Ralph's about to solve another mystery. Like it's today the day some dude invented Listerine. Or maybe a tyrant king married his sister queen. Who knows, every day seems to be an anniversary. The Garmy's rubbing Ralph's lamp, so grant our wishes, please. And tell us what went down this day in history. On this day in 1730, April 8th, 1730, Congregation Sherith Israel opened as the first North American synagogue in New York City on Mill Street in Lower Manhattan. Hmm. First North American synagogue opened on this day. Okay. I think we're uh, we're into... Uh, um, Passover? This up. Passover, yeah. I think so. Yeah, we're into Passover yes. now. Yeah, yes. yeah. So, shalom yes. to all my, uh, my Jewish friends yes. out there. Also on this day in 1766, the very first fire escape was patented. Really? Which is a good idea. Was it just a rope out a window? Close. <laughs> it was, was a it? wicker basket on a pulley and a chain. That seems awful. <laughs> well, you know, Eddie, nothing's more flame retardant than wicker. <laughs> that won't go up just like get, a box of tindling. Getting lowered down in a flaming basket. Not tindling. That's not it's a thing. Kindling. Kindling or tinder. <laughs> but not tindling. Tindling. Which is small little pieces of... Oh, okay. Tinder. Yeah. Intertwining um, candles. Yeah, wicker, 
wicker basket seems like <laughs> you're going to catch on fire if you go down in a wicker basket. Maybe they didn't have anything better at the time. In 1820, the famous ancient Greek statue, the Venus de Milo, was discovered on the Aegean island of Milos. Hmm. Hence, Venus de Milo, because they found her on Milos. Hmm. Venus, of course, is the Roman name for the Greek goddess Aphrodite. And it's a Greek statue, and I can't imagine why they wouldn't call it Aphrodite de Milo, but it must have been found by Italians, uh, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, this uh, dates back to some time between 130 and 100 BC, the creation of this statue. Of course, it's thought to be the work of Alexandros of Antioch. Oh, of course. You knew that. Yes, of course. I have all of his albums. Me He's too. very talented. Um, yeah, so, you know, her, she's got no arms and stuff. Did and she have arms and legs prior to when they got knocked Interesting question, off? Eddie Pence. They believe at one time she had at least one arm hmm. that was knocked off when it was uh, found. Uh, and um, currently it's on permanent display at the Louvre, the Louvre Museum in Paris, if you want to check it out for okay. yourself. In 1862, John D. Lynn patented the aerosol dispenser. Hmm. You know what I say about the 1800s? Right for invention. So many goddamn inventions. And John Lynn, he got together and he made a dispenser that would take a liquid and atomize it into a spray using air. How about that? That's 1862. Amazing. amazing. Any guesses, Eddie Pence, as to what city John D. Lynn, the genius John D. Lynn was from and where he invented that particular uh, uh, apparatus? Any guesses? I don't, I'm not hearing a guess. I'm drawing blanks. On You're this drawing one. a blank. You don't have I any don't idea have a of all clue. the cities I, in I, the country. I, maybe you, Philadelphia. Yeah. Got that right. Yes, I do. Oh, baby. When's something going to be invented in Myrtle Beach? Without, That's what I want. Without John D. Lynn. How would I get my uh, spray cheese on a cracker? Oh, I know. Right? I love easy cheese. Think of all the things we use aerosol for. Hairspray. Yeah. Easy cheese. Two two of my favorite things <laughs> to eat on a cracker. <laughs> Goddamn motherfucking Myrtle Beach. Yeah. Sorry. Just <laughs> had to. In 1869, the American Museum of Natural History opened up in New York City. You ever been there? Museum in that? I have history? not. Not in oh, New York City. Oh, come on. I've been to the one here in LA. It's a good one. It's a good one, but the New York one is really is it good. cool. Yeah. Uh, in 1873, another invention, Alfred Paraff, he came up with the very first manufacturing process, the first commercially viable one mm -hmm. to mass produce, margarine. Oh. Came up with margarine. Fake butter. Fake butter. Yeah. You remember back in the day, everyone's like, don't eat butter. It'll kill you. Yeah. Eat more of this margarine. This, <laughs> eat the invented butter. Eat this synthetic stuff we made out of some vegetable oil. And, and then we eat that else. for 20 years. Like, no, that'll like, kill you. Oh, no, that's clogging you your eat, arteries. You eat real butter. You're an idiot. Butter is so much better for you. That's why you can't listen to anybody. I know. Everybody's got a different opinion. It sucks. Margarine, by the way, was uh, created by the Emperor Napoleon III of France. Yeah. Because he wanted to find a butter substitute to give poor people. He was tired of poor people eating all the good butter. All the good butter. Give them the shitty can fake butter. Can we make something crappy for them to eat so I can have more butter? Remember the uh, I Can't Believe It's Not Butter commercials yes. with the two hands and the people flirting? Yeah. Ooh. That used to get me hot. <laughs> I used to like, I used to like, that was like hit me right around the age where I'm like, my mind would wander. Yeah. To what like, they're gonna do with next that margarine? Thing, mom's like, walking into the kitchen and you're fucking a tub of <laughs> tub of margarine. I can't believe I'm fucking this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's not a vagina. 
<laughs> he came up with a new use for the tub of margarine. On this day in 1879, the Echo Farms Dairy of New York first began selling milk in glass bottles. First time in the United States you could get milk in a glass bottle was 1879. What would you get in before? A pail. I'm not kidding. (laughs) Really? They give you a a bucket bucket of milk? A pail. Anything that would hold liquid, they would just deliver and slop it onto your doorstep. Yes. And then someone said, this seems less than sanitary. (laughs) Perhaps we should find a way to package the milk at the dairy and sh- then deliver it to people's homes. Fucking leaves falling in my milk. <laughs> you got flies and cinder from the all the coal mines and stuff going on. All that tindling flying all everywhere. All that tindling. You don't want <laughs> tindling in your milk. <laughs> that should be a word, by the way. I'm going to start the Garmy Dictionary. Tindling absolutely should be a okay, thing. Sure. There's a step between tinder for a fire <laughs> and, and kindling. It's tindling. The tindling. <laughs> All right. In 1910, the very first U.S. auto speedway opened uh-huh. here near Los Angeles, Playa del Rey. Ooh. The Motordrome, it was called, and the very first race was held there in 1910 on this day. In 1968, gangsters Henry Hill and Jimmy Burke committed the Air France robbery, stealing $420,000. That robbery, of course, is referenced in Goodfellas. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Ray Liotta, Henry yeah, Hill, yeah. right? They they changed it to the Lufthansa um, heist, which was bigger. More money was right, stolen, right, right, but right. it was the same uh, story, basically. Oh, right. Henry Hill. Love that movie, by the way. What? You should watch that instead of The Good Place. Good, good Fellas instead good, of The Good Place? Oh, yes. I'm just exactly. going to watch things with good in them for the <laughs> remainder of my quarantine. On this day good and night. Burger. Good Burger. That's right. In 1974, uh, Discovery Island opened at Walt Disney World, Florida. You've been there to Disney World, right? Yeah. Was that your first Disney? Yes, it was. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, I think yeah. all those of, those of us who grew up on the East Coast, yeah. it was easier to get to Disney World yes. than it was Disney. I didn't get to this one until way later. I didn't get here until I think I moved out here. Really? Yeah. Wow. Even when my family took a vacation to the uh, to the West Coast, I you don't think come, you guys I don't think we did Disney. Oh, wow. yeah. On this day in 1979, the 204th and final episode of a classic TV series aired. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs that made the hit parade. Guys like us, we had it made. Those were the days. All in the Family made its final appearance on this day in 1979. In 1983, in front of a live audience, Eddie Pence. Yeah. David Copperfield made the Statue of Liberty disappear. Oh, I remember that. It disappeared. I remember that. And then he brought it back. Thank God. Magic. (laughs) It was magic. (laughs) A lot of people were very impressed. A lot of stupid people were very impressed thinking he actually made the Statue of Liberty disappear. They didn't think he made it disappear. They're just wondering, oh, my God, what a great illusion. Let's listen to some members in the audience and see their take, Eddie Pence. (laughs) When that curtain went down and it was nothing there, I just couldn't believe it. Your reaction? I was amazed. I don't see it. It's there and it's not there anymore. I have never seen a Statue of Liberty disappear the way this one did. i never (laughs) seen a Statue of Liberty disappear like this one did. (laughs) I mean, of all the Statue of Liberties. I've seen so many Statue of Liberties. I've never seen, well, some I've seen disappear, but never like this one did. (laughs) Dumb. I take it back there. Dumb people. (laughs) Yes. You know how you did it, don't you? How? I know how you did it. How did you do it? You're going to tell me? I'm going to tell you. Tell me. I'm not a magician. I can reveal the secrets. How did you do it? Here's the thing. If you ever see this video, yeah. there's two giant towers that are holding the curtain between them. Yes. Okay. 
And then the curtain goes down. You see the Statue of Liberty. Then the curtain goes up. Yeah. And then David Copperfield does some magic yes. shit. Yeah, a lot yeah. of dancing and moving. Yeah. You have to do that. And then when the curtain comes down again, it's gone. Right. <gasps> wow. Well, because the audience was in a very narrow space in front of the curtain. Right. And the stage rotated so much so that one of the huge towers on either side that holds up the curtain was blocking the view of the Statue of Liberty. So the people moved. Yes. And they didn't know they were moving? Yes, because there were pyrotechnics and loud music and all kinds of things going on, all kinds of distractions. Wow. And actually the stage rotated the audience to block their view of the Statue of Liberty. Wow. And then the curtain goes back up. And he does all this stuff It rotates again. back. Boom. Statue of Liberty. Wow. Magic. Magic. Yeah. I've seen lots of Statue of Liberty. I've never seen a Statue of Liberty just appear like that one did. <laughs> Said that lady. She's dead now. Yeah. I can make fun of her. She's dead. <laughs> On this day in 1986, Clint Eastwood was elected mayor of Carmel, California. Oh, yeah. Uh, that made my day. <laughs> See what he did I there? saw what he oh, did. Oh, Clint, you're a card. He had an empty stool next to him uh, the whole time. Let me tell you about this empty chair. <laughs> uh, 1990 on this day, David Lynch created a television show that premiered on ABC that changed television forever. Peaks. I love that song. It was a national phenomenon. Everybody was talking about who killed Laura Palmer. Yeah. Everybody wanted to know. I love that show. Thank you so uh, much for saying kind things about it. You're very welcome, David. <laughs> it's a bit of hard hearing that, David. I didn't know he was here. Oh, yeah. He, he hangs around. Visits. He's friends he's, with Roland. I, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. make, they're quarantined together. Yeah, they're working on a graphic novel together, I, I think. I can't wait to read that. <laughs> Me too. In 1991. Oh, this is sad. Michael Landon announces he has inoperable cancer of the pancreas mm. and passed away shortly thereafter. It's sad, not just because Michael Landon was, of course, um, America's dad, because he had been on Little House, Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. He was Pa to so many of us. Yeah. Then he was an angel and touched, touched, by, an touched angel. by an angel. He was touched by an angel. Yeah, he was. Show that me time. on the doll, Michael, where you were touched <laughs> by an angel, which was particularly sad because I was on the final episode of Touched by an you Angel. Were? Yes. And Michael took a shine to me, and he said, I'm developing my next series for NBC, and I'll for sure bring you back and give you some more work. Wow. And I was like, thanks, Michael Landon. And then, like, two months later, he announces he's Fucking dying. cancer. So what's that mean for me? Exactly. I, this entire business is timing. Oh, man. This whole business is timing. I got screwed. Damn it. <laughs> Enough about his illness. He's dead. You can make fun. <laughs> what does it mean to me? Ralph Garman. All right. And lastly, you know, it's WrestleMania season. Yes, it is. On this day in 2018, just a few short years yeah. ago, in WrestleMania 34, mm -hmm. there have been 34 of these 36, because we just finished up on oh, Sunday. Oh, right. Of course. Yeah. What was I thinking? Um, at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans, California. This was a big, big New Orleans, deal. California? <laughs> I'm sorry. I saw the A and I just ignored the L. It says L.A. here, and I was like, oh. <laughs> New Orleans, Los Angeles. <laughs> New Orleans, Louisiana. <laughs> on this day. Oh, hold on a second. Wait a second. Ralph is wrong. Yeah, New Orleans isn't it's in California Really at all. coming in handy. Turns out it's been, uh, wow. it's been a bad day. <laughs> Where was it? Oh, yeah, WrestleMania. Oh, this was a big deal. 
because Ronda Rousey made her WWE debut. Yeah. Anybody can can join, apparently. It's a wide-open uh, policy with well, the WWE. Mr. T could come by. You don't know who's going to stop by. Whoever puts by. the butts in the seats is going to get an offer. Gronk is now yeah. going to be there. Yeah. Gronk it's, hosted this last WrestleMania. It's an open-door policy open. the WWE If you put join. butts in seats, they'll bring you in. Uh, anyway, Ronda Rousey made her debut. She mm-hmm. teamed up with a wrestler in a mixed sex tag team match. Yes. She and this wrestler beat two other wrestlers of male and female persuasion for bonus points, Eddie Pence. This is going to be a degree of difficulty. I want the names of all three of those wrestlers that were in that mixed tag team match with Ronda Rousey. Let me see. Okay. They beat Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. You're halfway there. I just need one more name. Who was Ronda's teammate? Tagged up with The Rock? Oh. No, wait. It wasn't The Rock. He's been out for a while. Oh, oh shit. Roman Reigns. Oh. No? John Cena. <laughs> Sorry. Three strikes. You're I don't out. know that one. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. Angle was the name we were looking for, Eddie Fuck. Pence. Yeah, I didn't know that. Sorry. Sorry about that. I know who they beat, though. Of course you do. Can you imagine the level of a mind that watches wrestling? Yes, huh? I can. Yeah. Thanks. All right. I don't think I watched that WrestleMania. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Shocking. You know what I like to do at this point? I take a food-related day in history, run that food past Eddie Pence to see if it's something that he would indeed like to eat or perhaps stick up his ass or pull out. And today is no different. What we're going to do is talk about the food. Then we'll pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. That will indicate whether he will eat it or not. If three of those items come up on the reels, big jackpot. That means he eats. However, if it doesn't, disappointment, Mm. sadness. 1893 on this day, the critic... National Magazine, it was a huge magazine in America at the time, reported that America's national drink was now officially the ice cream soda. Ice cream sodas were so popular in the year 1893 that the critics said it was officially America's favorite beverage. The ice cream soda was invented in 1868, not not long before that article came out. His name was Herr Harnish, and he was the proprietor of the Harnish and Bear Ice Cream Parlor in San Antonio, Texas. And it was there that he produced the first American ice cream soda. The, the ice cream soda was simply a scoop of vanilla ice cream, some carbonated water. You just plop that in there, add a little chocolate syrup, give a stir, and you had a chilled beverage that treated a nation. It became the national drink, according to Critic Magazine. National drink. The ice cream soda. Is that something Eddie Pence is going to enjoy or not? There's only one way for us to find out. Let's pull that handle. One ice cream soda, two ice cream sodas. No. How can it be bad? Why, why? I don't Why? I want it carbonated. It's like a carbonated milkshake. That's, it's no, it's not as, th- you don't, you don't blend the ice what cream into it. What do you do with it? it? It's just it ice sits cream in sitting there, in bubbly water. But the ice cream melts into the water with the chocolate syrup and it's like a delicious carbonated, carbonated melted chocolate milkshake. soda. I don't want it carbonated. Have you ever drank a Yoo-Hoo? Yeah, but I wouldn't want it carbonated. Yoo-Hoo's carbonated. It is absolutely not carbonated. Slightly a little no, bit. No, it is not. Just a touch. No, it's, it's not. It's got a little buzz Yoo-Hoo to it. Yoo-Hoo is not carbonated. No, it's not. No. Ralph is wrong. It's not carbonated. Are you saying Ralph is wrong? Yoo-Hoo's not carbonated. I thought it was carbonated. No. It's been a long time since I've had If you have a can of it, you shake it really, really, really hard, it'll... A little bit. It was a little carbonated. That's just because there's air in there. Isn't it a little carbonated? No. I'm going to have to put the show on hold. I don't think it's carbonated. Do a little research. I don't believe it's carbonated. This is a line I'm willing to draw in the sand (laughs) because I can't be wrong anymore today. It's just out of control. (laughs) Please hold. 
We know your time is valuable. Thank you for holding. Someone will be with you as soon as possible. And we're back. And guess what? Ralph is wrong. Yeah, wow. Apparently it's not it's not real, carbonated. Real bad day for you. But it's still like water and chocolate. Right. So it's you're just getting a little fuzz. I don't want the little, fizz. Little, I don't want the fizz. A little extra buzz. I'm not a huge carbonated fan. I'll drink a Coke every once in a while, but that's as far as like I don't like carbonated water. How like about a sparkling how about, water? How about a Coke no. float then? How about a, no. uh, how about a Coke? Put no. a small vanilla that's ice cream in a Coke. It's too much. You're too much. Too much sweetness. <sighs> too much. I don't want ice cream and soda. No. I got a creamy treat for you. <laughs> Ruined my day with not. It's America's drink, by the it way. It is not in the 1800s. Well, so there was a lot of things in the 1800s we didn't translate today. Today, I'm gonna get in my. We ended. I'm gonna get into my wicker fire escape, <laughs> and I'm gonna drink a big carbonated ice cream soda. Enjoy the 1800s, and that was this day in history. I pity the fool who ain't been schooled by Ralph recently. He's dropping college-level knowledge with such accuracy. It got my head spinning faster than a drunk Eddie. And I'm rocking the back and track with a rap like a bad celebrity. I hope Cooperman loves my beats, because that rhymes with LMB. And that's a wrap for the Ralph Report today in history. 15 cents a day, y'all. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to the Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash the Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All righty, now it's time for us to take a look at all the entertainment news in a segment called The Show Biz Beat. Look at this. R. Kelly petitioned the court saying he has to be let out of jail uh. because he's afraid he's going to catch COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And sadly for R. Kelly, the judge denied his Good. request and is not letting him out of prison because he's a flight risk, which, right. of course, if he, he gets the first opportunity, he's going to rabbit right out of the country. He's gone. Yes. So, no, he's staying right where he is. Then why should he get special treatment? And I hope he gets COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. I hope he gets COVID's 1 through 18 <laughs> as well. I hope he gets all the COVID's. All the COVID's. <laughs> Him and Harvey Weinstein can share a cell. I hope his dick falls off from all the COVID's that are eating his body. <laughs> Isn't there a COVID that attacks the dick? There should be. There should the, be. Give me COVID-20. Yeah, that's what we should get. One that just pinpoints. On the penis. On the penis of Predators. scumbags. Yes. So uh, I'm happy to see that he's not being let out. That's nice. Is Eddie Pence smarter than Jeffrey Katzenberg? I don't know. Well, I think he may be. Am I? I don't know if you saw the uh, results for the first day that Quibi was available to people to download. On its first day, the mobile-only streaming service that you can only watch on your phone. Stupid. And everything is positioned in a vertical vertical frame. And it's all less than 10 minutes. (laughs) Stupid. The first day was available for free, mind you. For free? For free. (laughs) Only 300,000 downloads. Wow. Yeah. In its first 24 hours, just 300,000 downloads. Oof, that's not good. Despite a 90-day free trial offer, only 30,000 people downloaded it. To give you some perspective, that put Quibi at about 7% of what Disney Plus got in downloads in its first 24 hours. Wow. It got over 4 million downloads. Yeah. 
they got 300,000. Because their content is horizontal, the way it should be. And you can watch it anywhere. Yes. And it's good stuff. Yes. Now, this is loaded with celebrities. They got Jennifer Lopez and Spielberg, and a bunch of people have created content for it. But people may not want to watch sure. vertical entertainment for less than 10 minutes on their phone. Right. There are other options. No, you want to watch a two-second video. Oh, okay, I got it. And then you move on. Jeffrey Katzenberg and CEO Meg Whitman, one-time presidential uh, wannabe. Oh, Meg that's Whitman, right. Said they're not worried. It's going to catch on like a house on fire. No, it's they're not. Just, they're good to be. No. It's going it's to catch on like a wicker basket fire escape. Full of tindling. Full of tindling. So any day now, <laughs> Quibi's going to go through no. the roof. You want to know what they spent? Oh, it's a, I know a lot. They threw a lot of money at a lot of content creators. Here. Uh, Quibi launched on Monday with more than $1.75 billion in funding. Stupid. They spent $1.5 billion on that. That's so dumb. There's so much more you could use that money for, for good, especially right now. Yeah. As opposed to that stupid idea. Nobody needs a quibby. And here's some good news. Superman and Lois, the Superman TV series that's going to be appearing on the CW. Yeah. I cannot wait for that because it's got Tyler Hecklin in it. I think he's an awesome Superman. If you, I think it was last night they started airing the uh, crossover again. Oh, they did? Replayed it on CW. The Crisis? Yeah. Elizabeth Tulloch will be Lois. She has also played that role previously on other episodes of the CW shows. They've just cast Emmanuel Shariki. You know her from uh, Entourage and also the TV series The Passage most recently. Mm. She is uh, a lovely and talented actress. She has been cast as Lana Lang. Oh. So you'll be seeing more of the Superman cast of characters appearing on that show, apparently. She is our Lana Lang. Now, she's not a redhead, which ch chaps my ass that a little is. bit. Why would you switch from the redhead? Well, they do that now. They don't really pay much attention know, to the old like school. but she's notoriously a redhead. Famously, she is a redhead, yes. But she shan't be in okay. this. All right. So, well, we'll have to deal with it. I mean, Barry Allen was blonde. That's but true. Grant Gustin is an excellent Barry Allen, despite of his we'll have to hair deficiency. It. We'll have to deal with we'll it. We'll just all have to muster on somehow. That's not right either. No. Soldier on? Soldier on. Yeah. Muster up? Oh, man. Hold on, I gotta find the thing again. I keep putting it away, and I gotta keep well, pulling it out. Because you think you're never gonna use time. it again. Ralph is wrong. Wow. Yeah. I used to speak English pretty you damn. Did. You're hanging around with me too pretty much. Pretty goodly. That's the problem. I don't. I don't know. Talk it no more goodly. I'm rubbing off on you. Let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on April 8th. Actress Katie Sackoff. Oh man, love her. Battlestar Galactica, of course. She was Starbuck on that series. Now she's on The Flash. She makes occasional appearances as okay. a supervillain on that. 40 years old today. Singer, actor John Schneider celebrates his 60th birthday. Look at He looks so good at 60. I know. I didn't look that good at 30 like he looks at 60. <laughs> Just a good old boy Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Comedian Shecky Green is 94 years old Jeez. today. One of the old guard wow. of stand-up comedians. Songwriter Leon Huff of the legendary songwriting team Gamble and Huff. He is 78 today. So many great tunes for R&B and soul artists those guys wrote. Expressway to Your Heart, Me and Mrs. Jones, When Will I See You Again, Don't Leave Me This Way. And this might be my favorite. Actor Dean Morris, nope, Dean Norris with an N from Breaking Bad is 57. Bassist Mel Shocker 
I think it's Shocker. Shakur or Shakur? No, it's Shocker. C S C H A C H E R. Shocker. Shocker, like I believe. Finger in the ass. Yeah, exactly. From Grand Funk Railroad. He's 69 today. Help you party down. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to help you party down. I guess I should announce it today. I guess we should talk about it. Oh, yeah, why not? Friday afternoon, we're doing another cocktail party. That's going to be fun. Same bat time, same bat channel. Friday at 3 p.m., we're firing up the uh, Crowdcast live stream event, and we're going to do yet another cocktail party. Had over a 1,000 people at the last That's amazing. One. Eddie Pants is going to be popping by on this I'm going to pop in with one. a yoo Yeah, he's going to just drink a Yoo-Hoo. While the Non-carbonated yoo uh, Carrie's going to be on a laptop. We're going to pull her in as well. I'll be uh, running the show mainly, staring at your face through the camera. Uh, Steve Ashton, I'm sure, will have a load on. He'll stop by. And I've convinced my pal Kevin Smith to drop in That'll as well. That'll be fun. So we're going to not only make it available to every member of the Garmy, but we thought, wouldn't it be fun to open it up to the world Ooh. just to see what would happen. That'd be cool. We had a thousand people last time. Just from the Garmy. What happens if we open it up to the world? It could blow up. How many could people literally blow up. will show up to my cocktail party? 25,000. I want to see. Quarter of a million. So come on by on Friday, 3 p.m. Pacific Daylight Savings Time, and uh, I will send you out the link so you'll, you'll know what's going on. All right. Um, Robin Wright is 54 years old today. Jen A. Jen A. Also, uh, Princess Bride. That's right. Julian Lennon, son of John, who had a musical career in his own right, is 57. Ever since you've been leaving me, I've been wanting to cry. Now I know how it feels for you. I've been wanting to cry. But it's much too late for goodbye. Actress Patricia Arquette is 52. Legendary rapper Biz Marquis is 56 years old today. You, you got what I need. Mm -hmm. But you say he's just a friend. And you say he's just a friend. Oh, baby, you got what I need. But you say he's just a friend. But you say he's just a friend. Oh, Where's that Eddie Pence Bismarcky duet we've I all been know. asking for? He's you crush islands in the stream. He's 56. Emma Caulfield from Buffy the Vampire Slayer is 47. Guitar Steve Howe of the band Yes, but more importantly, of my beloved Asia. He's 73 years old today. Actor Taylor Kitsch from Friday Night Lights and True Detective is 39. Singer-guitarist Donita Sparks of L7 is 57. Want to feel old? 
actor Taron Noah Smith from Home Improvement. Yeah. He was the youngest son okay. on Home Improvement. How old is he? He was the little boy <laughs> How old is on Home Improvement. <laughs> is 36 Ooh. years old. Oh, my God. 36? The youngest mm. of the Taylor boys. Damn it. Damn it. 36. And guitarist Izzy Stradlin of Guns N' Roses celebrates his 58th birthday today. And that's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. Before we get into today's one-hit wonder, I did want to play for you this conversation I had with the lovely Hillary Brewster. She is the gal I was talking about in West Virginia. She and her friends have started a nonprofit, and it's called the West Virginia Mask Army, and together they are cranking out full-fledged polypropylene-filtered masks for first responders, for medical professionals, for people who really need them. It's amazing. This is regular people doing extraordinary things to help other people during this crisis. That's what makes this country awesome. It's the best. You can say what you want about the government or or the, the, the assholes who ruin it for some people, but the vast majority of people in this country, when shit hits the fan, yep. are there for each other. And I thought it was worth celebrating uh, it's a nonprofit, as you can imagine, so they're looking for some help, raising some funds. So I wanted to have a conversation with Hillary about this. Here's my chat with Hillary Brewster. Hillary, so happy you have some time to join us today to talk about what you and your nonprofit group are doing. First of all, let's get to it. What's the name? Okay, so uh, the name of the nonprofit is the West Virginia Mask Army. Um, I did not come up with it, but the idea for the name was that we're sort of using like a deployment model. Um, And since everybody keeps using language of, you know, the doctors and the nurses being on the front lines, um, we just uh, thought that that was the name to go with. Now, you guys are a network of volunteers and you are just cranking out masks, right? Yes. So the um, the woman who really spearheaded this is a colleague of mine. We are both professors at Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia. Um, most people generally know it from the movie We Are Marshall, starring Matthew McConaughey, about the um, tragedy of the plane crash in 1970. And um, she teaches human anatomy. And so a lot of her former students are medical professionals, healthcare professionals. And when the coronavirus really started to get a hold in the United States, she had a lot of anxiety about how many of her former students would potentially get sick or worse. And she herself is a quilter and a sewer. I am not. I am not doing any of the actual hands-on stuff. I'm doing a lot more of the behind the scenes thing. And so she and I just started messaging and I told her I would donate to her cause to help her buy supplies or whatever. And next thing I know, I'm the CFO of a group that turned into a nonprofit. (laughs) Well, the work that you're doing is just remarkable. You guys are actually sewing and making masks, right? How do you how do you do that? Yes. So um, we are operating on a hub model. We have about seven or eight hubs with new ones um, being introduced in the state almost every two days because word keeps getting out about what we're doing. And so the hub model is to keep practicing social distancing while getting supplies and the finished masks. So what happens is um, somebody, we are using um, furnace filters, which sounds crazy, but research has shown 
that um, while better than nothing and totally fine for the average civilian to wear into the grocery store or something, cotton is not very effective when it comes to really up-close viral um, particle transmission. It actually lets in quite a bit. So um, one of the women on our administrative team is a medical doctor. She's a pediatric nephrologist. And um, she and a friend were in Lowe's and sort of had an aha moment about using filters, which are made out of polypropylene, which is the same material, although manifested very differently as the N95 masks that we keep hearing all about. I'm sure more we have heard more about N95 masks than any of us have heard in our lifetime in like the last two weeks. Right. And so what happens is we are working with we are partnering with Lowe's. Um, because they carry a particular brand of the filter that has turned out to work the best. And um, we are basically buying them out of out of their entire stock at the various lows across the state. The filters get dropped off at a hub managed by a volunteer, along with elastic and some kind of wiring mechanism to shape across the top of the nose and the face. Um, we've been using pipe cleaners and those long industrial twist ties, mm -hmm. but we actually have somebody now who has figured out that a particular um, grade of aluminum works much better because it can um, it's a lot more malleable against the shape of an individual face. And so we have that going on. And so then volunteers who want to sew um, come to the hub and they text to say that they're on their way. And the hub manager drops a gallon size kit on the porch for them that contains a filter or two, depending on size. Um, the right amount of elastic, each filter makes about 20 or 30 masks, depending on the size of the filter and how you're cutting them and things like that. The volunteer goes home, sews the mask at home and drops off the completed mask at the hub. And then um, we either deliver to the organizations that have requested them or the um, somebody from an organization goes to their closest hub to pick up the required number of masks that they need. Now, how long have you guys been manufacturing masks? Uh, we have not even hit the three-week mark. We started this on uh, Friday, March 21st, and we have delivered about 5,600 masks to 11 or so counties in the state of West Virginia um, to facilities like nursing homes, hospitals, um, first responders, uh, homeless shelters, the mission, which works um, a couple of missions with, 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 that work with homeless populations. Um, we have orders coming in all the time from just kind of everywhere that works with an at-risk population, especially, especially um, you know, in the, in the true medical sense. Right. This is a remarkable effort put together by regular citizens, and, and you guys are getting the job done that a lot of federal and state agencies can't get done. It's just remarkable to me what you guys have it's, started. Yeah, we actually, um, we reached out to the West Virginia National Guard and they are helping us as best they can. The main thing that we were hoping to use them for is um, filter distribution, just so, um, you know, the people on our team don't have to drive across the state every three days to deliver filters to the various hubs. Right. And we have actually found that we are working at a faster, more efficient speed than the National Guard, which is a little concerning perhaps, but um, <laughs> it really just 
shows how um, dedicated this team is. We have um, one hub that has 250 volunteer sewers um, that made, I think, close to a thousand masks in three days or something like that. Um, We are going through about 75 filters a day on average. Uh, So the supply chain has really been our biggest challenge, both in terms of the filters and elastic, because um, elastic has been price gouged as a result of this pandemic because of all the people trying to sew masks at home. Um, you, You wouldn't think that elastic would be sort of liquid gold, but here we are. Well, I mean, you mentioned prices and gold and the expense of a nonprofit <laughs> like yourselves to put these masks together. What's the situation with funding? How are you guys funded? So we are almost entirely funded by donations. We have a GoFundMe page, West Virginia Mask Army. We are also on PayPal, Cash App, and Venmo. Um, I did, so I'm an English professor and I also teach women's studies. So I happen to be running the money part, but writing is really more of my skill. So I've written us a couple of grants that we have gotten from um, local agencies to help with that. Um, But really, we are relying entirely on donations. Before we were an official nonprofit, we, um, the head woman, her name is Dr. Suzanne Strait, was just putting everything on her credit card. Wow. So we have been able to reimburse her and everyone else so far for purchases, gas money, elastic, you know, everything like that. Um, but we we anticipate, of course, that this will go on for a while. I don't think West Virginia is set to peak for infection until like the ne- for the next couple of weeks or so mm. um, as it moves sort of throughout the country. Um, so we, we know that we're going to have to do this for quite some time and, um, cash flow is really going at this point is really going to be our biggest concern. All right. Well, we're going to reach out to the Garmy and see if we can help the army there in West Virginia that are making those masks. Are you guys on social media as well? Can people find you on Twitter or Facebook or anything like that? Um, we are on Facebook, uh, West Virginia mask army. It's a public group. Um, obviously, you know, the Garmy that's not in West Virginia would probably just be interested to see what we're doing rather than being able to help. We, of course, um, post our updates every day. Um, and our, we have a website, West Virginia Mask Army. Um, it's a Google site, so I don't think it's like technically like a WWW kind of thing. I don't know. That's not my area of expertise either. Um, and really what we're trying, um, the reason I reached out to you at first is that West Virginia... When people think of West Virginia, sometimes their first thought is like a bunch of hillbillies making moonshine, singing John Denver. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. There's a little bit of that for sure. But West Virginia has always been one of those states that kind of has to make do for itself. You know, politicians don't really pay attention to us until they talk about bringing coal back and stuff like that. So there is really this amazing sense of like Appalachian ingenuity. Um, But there have been a handful of pretty big name celebrities who are originally from West Virginia. Um, Jennifer Garner is from Charleston. Brad Paisley um, is from here. Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey, a couple of athletes, Randy Moss, uh, NFL Hall of Famer, a couple of, um, I think there's an LA Clipper um, 
somebody, Patrick, is from here. Um, and I am, I don't know how on earth to get a hold, try to get a hold of these people. Um, but if anybody, you know, if we can put on the Garmy bat signal, can put me in contact with a couple of these people to see if they would be willing to donate um, to help out their home state, I really would be indebted forever. Well, that's one thing the Garmy can do for sure. As you mentioned, uh, folks may be donating to their own local communities with this kind of thing, but it doesn't cost anything to spread the word and to share your story and to get it out there. And that's why I wanted to talk to you today. And uh, I will absolutely post some links and I'll rattle some cages and we'll see what we can do. But more importantly, I just wanted to reach out to you and congratulate you on the great work and, and let you know how much I appreciate it. Even though I'm not a a West Virginian, I am blown away by your effort and your compassion and your care for others and the, and the good work that you guys are doing. Well, thank you. And I personally, as I as we emailed about, I personally am a Philadelphia transplant, so we have that in common. Um, I knew you I were good have, people. You know... I knew you had a heart <laughs> of gold. You must have come from Philly. That's right. That's right. Send it out to everybody. Um, we really appreciate it. And I hope everybody in the Garmy and, and I also lived in L.A. for like seven whole months and listen to K-Rock. So, uh, <laughs> but that was, that was ages ago. That's We've got history. Like Hilly. The world was, we do. Yeah. Lots of little, little mini connections. Oh, um, I, well, I really appreciate you, uh, being willing to talk to me today and, uh, Garmy strong. And I'll be, uh, giving you guys all the information. If you want to help tweet out the message or Facebook out the message, I'm not expecting everybody to donate, but it doesn't cost anything. As I said, to yeah. uh, spread the word. And if we can embarrass some of these West Virginia celebrities to protect their home state, like Jennifer Garner and Randy Moss and Steve Harvey and those people, they got the big bucks. Yeah. Why don't they step Steve up? Steve Harvey could throw a couple bucks. Easily. All the money he's saving on hair <laughs> product. Now that he's bald. <laughs> absolutely. He should. And before we say goodbye, let's not forget it is Wednesday. Wednesdays are great around here because we get a chance to look at a smash hit song. And the poor artist who was never able to achieve those heights again. It's time for One Hit Wonders. It's the One Hit Wonder. One Hit Wonder. One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. Today's One Hit Wonder came via email from Dave Ignacio. He wanted to hear a particular song, which I haven't heard in a long, long time. The song comes out of a British band from Nottingham, of all places. And they had this hit in 1974. They had been around for a while, released a couple albums. But it wasn't until they went on a talent show in the UK called Opportunity Knocks that they really became popular. And this is kind of weird because they are sort of responsible for two one-hit wonders. They recorded in the UK a song called Billy Don't Be a Hero mm -hmm. about a guy going off to fight in the war, in the Civil War. It was a big hit in the UK, but in America, no one paid any attention to it until someone did a cover of it. A band called uh, uh, Bo, Bo Donaldson in the Haywoods? Yeah. They did a version of it that became a number one hit, but it wasn't. Hmm. It was written by these guys, but they didn't record it. Oh. So their follow-up finally got them the notoriety here in the States. It was a song about a, a battle between Al Capone and his gangsters against the law in Chicago. Dave wanted to hear it. It's called The Night Chicago Died by the band Paper Lace. Here's what he wrote. When I was a young kid, my mom used to play the song over and over again. After listening to it about 50 times, I realized that the lyrics told a great story. My request is the song The Night Chicago Died by Paper Lace. I haven't heard it in many years, and I thought it would be a great suggestion for your one-hit wonder segment. Having been in law enforcement myself, and I thought Eddie, being the son of a law enforcement officer, can relate to the anxiety described in the lyrics of the song. So I'd hope you play it for me. Absolutely, Dave. 
It is all about a, a shootout between the Chicago police and the Al Capone syndicate. You may have heard it in the uh, the movie High Fidelity. It's been played on that 70s show. It was a smash hit here in the States, reaching number one in 1974. Also number one in Australia, number two in Canada, number five in Ireland, number two in the Netherlands, one in New Zealand, three in South Africa, number three in the UK, and as I mentioned, number one here in the United States. Here with The Night Chicago Died is Paper Lace. Of a summer night in the land of the dollar bill, when the town of Chicago died, and they talk about it still. When a man named Al Capone tried to make that town his own, and he called his gang to war with the forces of the law, I heard my mama cry. I heard her pray the night Chicago died Brother, what a night it really was Brother, what I thought it really was Glory be I heard my mom cry I heard her pray the night Chicago died Brother, what a night the people saw Brother, what a fight the people saw Yes, indeed and the sound of the battle rang Through the streets of the old east side Now here's the thing about the night Chicago died. Everyone said, when did that happen? When was the big fight between Al Capone's gangsters and the, and the police in Chicago? Well, that actually never happened. <laughs> the song was written by a bunch of British guys who didn't know much about the history <laughs> of the mob in Chicago. So it's just filled with just nonsense. The fact that it takes place on the famous east side of Chicago. There really is no east side of Chicago. You, the, the south side certainly had its share of gangsters and the north and the west, but the east side was a relatively quiet neighborhood that no one really had any gangster problems in. There was never a big battle between Al Capone's forces and a 100 lawmen, as they describe in the song. In fact, in the heat of a summer night, they talked about the, uh, the St. Valentine's Day massacre happened in February in Chicago. So everything in this song is pretty much off the mark. In fact, they once sent the song to the mayor of Chicago, Richard Daly, in the 70s when they first released it. And a member of Daly's staff is quoted as saying, Paper Lace should jump in the Chicago River, placing their heads underwater three times and only surfacing twice. Pray tell us, are you guys nuts, they said about the song. So Chicago was not a big fan. Of the, well, it uh, makes it sound like a war zone. Yes, exactly. And none of it actually happened. Oh, so wow. Interesting. Of course, it was a smash hit, and so as so often is the case with a hit, especially in America, there were lots of covers of The Night Chicago Died internationally. There were several uh, Spanish-language covers, none a bigger hit than in 1974. The Mexican group La Superbando Macho <laughs> recorded their own version of the song in Spanish called La Noche Que Murió Chicago. The night they murdered Chicago. <laughs> Here's a little bit of the Spanish language version of The Night Chicago Died. Mi madre llorar, la noche en que Chicago se murió. 
Perhaps the weirdest version, however, came out in 1975 when a Finnish singer named Vicky Rosti in Finland recorded her version in the Finnish language, Kunchakalgo Kuli, it was called, and she translated the lyrics into Finnish. It doesn't quite have the same <laughs> bang for your buck. Not quite the same. No. I like the Mexican version. Though. I did too, that with the horns good. in the yeah, background. That great. That's pretty cool. Dave, thanks so much for your suggestion. It was a good one. I haven't heard the night Chicago died, I don't know, since I was a tiny little kid. Thanks so much for that. That is today's One Hit Wonder. It's the One Hit Wonder. One Hit Wonder. One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. And that's it for today's show. Thanks so much, boys and girls, for hanging out with us. Come on back tomorrow. Thursday, of course, means we're going to fling open the doors of that esteemed Institute of Learning Ralph Sex University. We'll tackle a topic of human sexuality tomorrow. As promised, it's the return of Steve Ashton. Yay. He's coming back. We're going to talk about the UK update with Steve. All that and so much more. But it's not nearly as much fun unless you join us. So come on back. Wash your hands. And by all means, stay the fuck at home. <laughs> Love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye.